Uh, Will Goodbourne, thank you so much and welcome to the conversation series. You're here to talk about sports massage therapy and biomechanics, is that right? Or my, sorry, you're yeah, going to have to. Biomechanics, great. So, uh, well, we'll start with your journey, really. How did you get into sports massage? Um, well, really, it sort of started, I guess, um, from quite a young age, because I've always been like a, a keen runner. Um, so I started running probably when I was about eight. So I've always had that sort of athletics background. Um, but then when I sort of got into uh, my teenage years, I wanted to do a bit more competitively. Uh, but then sort of around the age of, I would say, 15, 16, I started to sort of break down with injuries quite a lot as I started to up my training load and sort of do more mileage, etc. And um, that never seemed to happen to a lot of my peers um, and all my friends who also um, were quite athletic as well. And uh, obviously that was quite frustrating because mm. I, I didn't know what was actually causing um, the issues uh, at that age really I didn't have any sort of specialist knowledge um, but at the same time it, uh, it was actually quite interesting as well because um, you know in terms of how the body works and everything I wanted to know more about why I kept breaking down with injury um, and unfortunately you know despite how many physios and other experts I went to see at the time you know I, I never really got to the bottom of it so I just wanted to learn as much about the body as I could so that basically I could help myself, but then also mm -hmm. help others in the same sort of situations, whether it's sporting or non-sporting related, really, because, uh, you know, we all suffer from aches and pains every now and then. And sometimes it's uh, sort of a repeated thing. So really, I just wanted to um, learn as much as I could. So that's why I sort of went into my degree, sport and exercise science, and then my master's um, biomechanics. And, uh, and then at the same time I was doing my master's, I, um, I wanted to get on uh, into this sort of hands-on therapy type thing. Um, mm. um, so I went into the sports massage side of things to help people with injuries, essentially. So Wow. And did you find out key facts for why it was just happening to you and not your peers? Um, yeah, I mean, overall, uh, without going into depth in terms of the science and everything, I did uh, sort of find out, in essence, what was uh, causing it. And uh, with the help of others as well, obviously, you know, I, I touch wood, I don't really suffer that much with injuries anymore, or at least nowhere near as much as I used to, because you know, I used to break down probably every couple of weeks, whereas mm. you know, recently I've gone for about a year and a half without getting any problems wow. at all. So, yeah, so all in all, you know, um, I mean, obviously no one's ever going to be 100%, but overall I'd say I've done um, quite a good job in terms of keeping myself injury-free in recent years, really. So, yeah. yeah. And then biomechanics, what what is what is that and how did you get into that side of um, your profession? So um, I think the best way to describe biomechanics um, is if you think of, if you break it down um, so into bio and mechanics so we all know what mechanics are because obviously they like service vehicles or whatever um, but then bio sort of if you shorten that um, from biological so it's like the mechanics of biological organisms, in this case, obviously human beings. And I mean, you can get other biomechanics like the biomechanics of horses, uh, mm. that is a field, um, but obviously I, I treat humans. So 
Um, but yeah, it's, so basically it's looking at the alignment and the movement of the human body. So if you think of, again, like uh, normal mechanics in terms of like cars, a car will be made up of a certain alignment. It has uh, the chassis and all the things that come off that chassis. Uh, so it has all the like the doors the mirrors uh, the engine the gearbox and you know the seats mm. or, or all these hundreds of different moving parts which all do an individual job and in order to make this moving machine that takes you from a to b but the human body is basically the same so we're designed to be um movement orientated we're not designed to have this sort of sedentary lifestyle that mm. often we have nowadays um so uh, we're designed to be active and um, we have our own alignment, so we have our own chassis, which is like the skeleton, and then we have all the things that come off the skeleton, so our muscles, our tendons, our ligaments, all which help in terms of our movement. Uh, so, but then if a car had a wonky wheel, then it wouldn't drive very well, would it? Mm. So um, if there's something wrong with our human alignment, so if we've, say, for example, got our pelvis out of position because of our sitting habits, for instance, because of because we sit down all day as part of our job, then that affects our alignment, that affects our movements, and then that can cause aches and pains and things. So uh, hopefully that's a good analogy to sort of explain sort of what it's about. And it is um, historically quite a, a specialised field. Um, quite often you get like the biomechanics of um, sporting movements. So you could have like the the correct biomechanics of a high jump technique or something like that but equally so you can have the biomechanics of walking and running etc so and what's the most like the most common thing that people come to you to have corrected what is it the back in our posture as we're sitting sort of day to day on our laptops now and yeah you know working from home um, yeah, definitely. And it's definitely um, on the rise, I think, um, since COVID, there's certainly been more because um, we're working from home and we're probably like hunching over our dining room mm. table <laughs> and working from a, a nicely set up sort of office desk or something like that. So I would say it's definitely on the rise because of the pandemic. But yeah, I would say probably one of the most common injuries that I get is something to do with the back. So I mean, there's some shocking statistics on uh, back pain um, uh, and you know we end up having so much time off work because of it and it ends up costing the um, UK industry about five billion pounds a year mm. uh, just from back pain so it, it's definitely a major problem but I would say a good um, proportion of all the clients that that um, come through my clinic do have some sort of back pain in some description some way shape or form um, we used to see like a lot of other common things like aching knees and maybe foot, lower leg problems, shoulder problems, things like that. But I would say if I had to name one, it would be the back. The back. And is it generally um, sports people that you see or is it general public as well as? Uh, a mixture of both, really. So um, I would say it's probably 50-50, really, in terms of... Um, whether it's sporting or non-sporting related. So because I specialize in running, obviously I see a lot of runners, um, mm. but then I see people from a variety of different sports. So, um, you know, like football, horse riding, bodybuilding, whatever it might be. Um, but equally so, you don't have to be an athlete to suffer from a bad back or something mm. like that. So 
Uh, it could be because you've got a, um, quite an active job. Uh, you know, you might lift and carry things all day. Um, and then therefore you might get like back pain because of that. So it's, uh, so yeah, I think some people do get put off sometimes by the, uh, the fact that it's sports massage um, and thinking, well, I'm not an athlete, so I can't mm. have a sports massage, but it's definitely not the case. So, yeah. So uh, with that, um, from your website, I took this quote, which is just brilliant, I thought, from one of your from one of your clients um, and it says jumped off the couch following my session with Will having been involved in sports all my life I've never truly understood why I had such limitations in some of my exercise routines I've learned a huge amount about my posture and why I experienced such a lot of back pain and um, thank you for your guidance and uh, I look forward to starting my prescribed exercise and um, see you again shortly and he hugely recommends you and I loved that um, prescribed exercise because I think sometimes we do see it as a chore and not a medicine. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, they quite often say, don't they, like, um, you know, exercise, it, if, um, if it was a medicine, it would be like this really powerful drug to, you know, cure so many different ailments. But but yeah, like in terms of like the um, prescribed exercise, that's something I do offer to um, pretty much all my clients really, or anyone who, you know, is willing to go down that, uh, that route. So I always try and encourage them to get the most out of their treatment by following it up with um, strengthening their body. Um, mm. So quite often, I mean, in fact, most of the time, unless it's like an acute injury where someone's just happened to go over on their ankle or something and they've sprained it, which is quite a sudden, unexpected thing. If it's something that's not like that and it's something that's more chronic and it's been going on for quite a while, mm. usually it's as a result of some sort of muscular imbalance. So and um, what I mean by that is basically some areas might be um, overworked uh, and basically maybe stronger than they need to be and then uh, other areas perhaps are weaker than they need to be so for instance if your pelvis is out of alignment it could be mm. because your back muscles are overworked but your abdominals and your core are underworked um, so strengthening those muscles are obviously going to help in terms of that back pain so um, but yeah it's definitely um, something that's really really important and I do try and emphasize in terms of like the prescribed exercise because uh, it's all well and good having a sports massage but then if you just sort of leave, leave it at that mm. after say releasing off someone's bad back you know a month later it's probably going to be back again mm. um, whereas actually if we can start to find the cause by strengthening up you know it, it's obviously going to give the better long-term results uh, and an, an analogy I use is like um, is actually fixing the problem or just taking painkillers so just mm. having the massage on its own is just like taking painkillers um, like if you've got a headache you can take some paracetamol but then if the reason because uh, why you're getting a headache is because you're dehydrated or because you've got bad posture mm. then obviously it's not going to change anything really so so, yeah, no, and it's going back to those habits, isn't it? It's like, what are the habits we've built up to cause that pain? And then sort of identifying where the habit needs to be broken to, you know, impact this positive change or through exercise. Yeah, definitely. And um, and sometimes, you know, there's um, 
it's, it's almost like detective work in a way. You've got to mm. sort of be a detective to find out sort of where that um, break in the chain is almost. And, um, and yeah, you've just got to sort of um, think, well, okay, um, if we go back a bit further, we might be able to find out where that started to happen. You know, maybe that person had um, a lifestyle change or they started doing some new exercise, you know, a few months ago and that's um, had a knock-on effect. But sometimes you can go back years. I mean, mm. one thing I think that people don't realise is that actually, yeah, your symptoms might be recent, but then actually the dysfunction has been going on um, for quite a while. So sometimes you've been dysfunctioning for years, but then mm. uh, and maybe, you know, your back has always been a bit overworked, but then it was just that lifting that heavy box, which sort of sent you over the edge, if that makes sense. So... Uh, so that's the thing that sort of sent it into spasm, but it only went into spasm because it's it's been um, it's been uh, dysfunctioning for a long time. So I've heard that a lot with sort of knee operations that um, they've gone in with their poorly knee, had it sort of um, had the surgery to correct it, but then they've realised that their good knee is now bad because they've been sort of overcompensating for it and putting additional pressure onto the good one, which then has been yeah like I said compensating um so yeah, it's interesting yeah. um and then yeah, so this is all kind of what strategies do, would you give as advice to us for sitting down and for back pain um so I suppose it, it will depend upon the individual ailment but having said that I do see uh, sort of the same sort of things quite often really because I mean you know less than one percent of back pain is because of anything serious and the vast majority of it is because of like simple pathologies like we're talking about in terms of muscle imbalances so mm. definitely um the sorts of things i would recommend is um probably do a lot of stretching in certain areas so you'll stretch the areas which are quite um tight and short um and probably a bit overworked but at the same time you would um strengthen the areas which are weak so uh, like that example before going back to sort of like the, the, um, the core strengthening the abdominal strengthening um, you know you could strengthen your gluteal muscles which are your bum muscles which are really important um, but get switched off when we're sitting down so um, so yes there's lots of areas that we might need to strengthen there's some areas that might benefit more from stretching um, Sometimes as well, it's just like a, an activation type thing. So mm. it, it's trying to um, build this sort of mind-muscle connection again to try and um, switch back on these muscles which have been dormant for a length of time. So it's like sometimes if people are sit at their desk all day for 40 hours a week and they literally can't squeeze their bum cheeks, and that's how, uh, <laughs> that's how uh, significant it is. Um, but then the bum cheeks, the, the glutes, they're really important muscles, you know, in terms of walking and running. And if we don't have the use of them, you know, then it can have a significant impact on our on the way that we move. Um, so, yeah, so I would say mainly, um, you know, in sort of simple terms, I would say it's probably a combination of stretching and strengthening and reactivation of muscles, really. Mm. So, yeah. And would you say that's a good way to start? you build up to exercise again because a lot, for a lot of people if they've been indoors from lockdown have put a lot of weight on or 
and possibly haven't have used the hour or so a day to get out and use it for their exercise but what would yeah. you what sort of advice would you give people to start exercising again and getting that activity back in their muscles um so well for starters i would say like um one of the best things you could do is um build up gradually um nice. because sometimes it's a bit like you know when you go through new year's new year's eve and then you have yeah. all these new year's resolutions with all these big ambitions and people just suddenly go from like doing absolutely nothing at all to going to the gym every night of the week mm. or something and obviously that's not sustainable from like a motivational point of view because the novelty will soon wear off and mm. after a month by the time we get into february you're probably not really doing much anymore but also because the more that we do uh, in a short space of time, the more likely we are to get physical injuries as well. So a lot of people, when they um, start off exercising, they might say, oh, I've got shin pain or something because of the impacts of walking and running so much. Um, so one of the best things you can do to avoid all that is obviously build up gradually and uh, don't do too much too soon. Just even if it's just starting off at once per week and then just gradually um easing yourself in because you know our joints our bones our muscles have to adapt to it mm. uh, to adapt to the load that we're subjecting them to but another um key piece of advice i would give really is just like i say strengthen up um even if it's just doing five to ten minutes a day um i think like um a key mistake that's made um most of the time with couch to 5k running is the fact that people aren't actually taught how to run, they're not taught, um, you know, the technique of being able to run, but also the importance of strengthening their, their body. So it's not just a case of going out your front door and putting one leg in front of the other. It's, uh, you know, there's a correct way of doing things. And um, actually, if we can make sure that we're strong in the core and we're strong, um, you know, and we've got that good foundation. Um, one of my key sayings is, building the foundations to better health uh, mm. and it and it's that strength it's that foundation you wouldn't um, build a house on on soggy ground without first building the foundations to that house otherwise it will sink so mm. it's um I do like my analogies as you can probably tell but yeah no I um, like that <laughs> yeah so um so yeah so basically strengthen up do a variety of activities that's a good way of doing it so do a few strengthening exercises, um, do some core sessions, as well as doing, say, you running and you cycling and or whatever it might be. So um, just do a, a combination of cardio, uh, flexibility work, so you're stretching and you strength, really. So that's they're the two key pieces of advice I would really give. Mm. And then you were just talking about mindset, about um, having that motivation to get to the gym or to continue the exercise. Why, why is it that we do start something and then we're really good for a few weeks and then we just stop, but the need is still there to be exercising? That's it. I mean, I mean, I suppose there's all sorts of reasons, really. So that's the million dollar question, really. Um, um, and yeah, it's, it's quite interesting, I guess, from a sports and exercise psychology point of view. Um, but yeah, I think there's all sorts of reasons really why people might drop out from exercise. So um, it could be lack of variety. So obviously, if you do the same thing all the time, you might get a bit bored with it. 
Um, it might be because, you know, it's actually really hard um, to carry on exercising. You know, you start off with all the best intentions, but then you think this is really hard. Um, and, you know, you, when it does start to get tough, I think probably um, that devil on your shoulder is telling you to quit and, you know, mm. you're trying to think of these uh, excuses, any excuse to um, to basically not do it anymore. Um, but then also injury is probably a thing as well. So um, people probably find that um, that they can't do it anymore because, you know, they're, they're in pain and they, they don't really know what's causing that pain, I guess. So, um, and that's obviously where people like myself come in to help. Um, but yeah, um, I, I would say there's all sorts of reasons why. Um, and any kind you know, of mindset tips that can, you know, from your competitive running, is there anything that you feel you learned that would help with that kind of mindset to keep on track? I think for me, it would be something like saying, actually, this is medicine. And if you're, you know, if you're going to be taking that tablet, why aren't you putting the medicine of these exercises in for your body to keep healthy and keep motivated and that kind of goal? Yeah, and I think the best way to sort of keep motivated really is just to remember why you started. Because um, mm. obviously there's got to be a reason that prompted you into sort of doing this um this uh, exercise so um so it could be because uh, you want to avoid injury so you want to uh, do this rehab program uh, to avoid injury um, and you know I, I would say well you know for me there's times where I can't really be bothered to go out and train a lot of the time you know we all have those mm -hmm. dips in motivation um and yeah but then I when I do feel like that I try and sort of think to myself well you know, do you remember, Will, how it felt when you couldn't run mm. because you were injured all the while, you know, and, uh, and you know, if you could have be in the situation back then as what you are now, you know, you would, you would kill for that opportunity. Mm. So um, I think that's something, I mean, I think people are very, very individual in terms of what actually motivates them. But for me, that's something I try to remember. Um, but yeah, and I would say probably exercise with others. That's probably a good thing as well. Um, have someone that can uh, sort of drag you along, uh, maybe go to a group session or something like that, because you never push yourself as hard on your own as what you do um, with somebody else. And mm. I think if you do have people around you and have that sort of support network, then that will really help as well. And you've gone now on to um, online courses, haven't you? Um, oh, sorry, this notification's come up there. Um, you've gone on to online courses um, and the first sort of workshop that you've done was sort of suitable for athletes and non-athletic types, um, just about weaknesses and the human condition. Um, and then you've also done a second workshop for runners um, and people being in, involved with running. And these are free online courses as well. So what took you to the online um online platform um well to be honest i've always actually quite enjoyed presenting um you know i think it's something that a lot of people probably struggle with because it's a bit daunting being in front of like lots of people and it's actually something i quite enjoyed at uni whereas all my friends used to get really worked up over it but so i've always sort of um done like sort of presentations and workshops in some way shape or form 
Um, but yeah, pre-COVID, I was obviously doing them sort of uh, face-to-face and, you know, we'd hire a hall or something and we're doing like, uh, um, yeah, just sort of in-person sort of workshops. Um, but then I thought, well, you know, over lockdown, people are going to need things to sort of motivate mm. them a bit more. And obviously we can't do it face-to-face. So why not sort of um, uh, adapt it to an online sort of format? And actually the content has been pretty much... Um, the same sort of thing that I would deliver in person but it just means that I've adapted it to online and actually in a way it's probably worked even better because you know um people don't have to travel or anything so it's that geographical sort of barrier which has been sort of broken down really so I just wanted to provide something over lockdown for people to to do um and just to give them a taste of what I do really so that hopefully when it's all over you know, and I am starting back hopefully in a few weeks time um, that, you know, people might consider booking in and, you know, starting their own journey to their better health. But I think it's just highlighting, um, it's a good way to highlight um, common things which, you know, people are probably doing wrong, but then they don't realise that they're doing wrong. Um, That is particularly the case in the second workshop with runners as well. So, um, you know, there's a lot of habits that they have, which, you know, they've probably been taught to do, which actually the research doesn't really support. So, mm. so yeah, it's just really raising awareness of, of what I do, essentially. That's great. And like you were saying, with the couch to 5k, people are going out there running, but not necessarily doing it correctly, and then ending up with these injuries. Right. And that that's fantastic cause to be doing and well done for doing it. Uh, because I know it's a bit of a boom at the moment, these online courses in self-development. Um, so it's fantastic that you're out there doing that and offering this for free as well. So that's like these are free online workshops. So it's fantastic. Thank you. Um, and we're coming to an end, really. So last sort of tips for us all as we um, as we're coming out of lockdown and meeting our friends and starting to be a bit more active. Um. Well, I would say probably just to add to what I've already said in terms of strength and building up gradually um, is um, when it all does open back up again and all these running clubs start up again, like mm. if you haven't been running over lockdown and you have, um, haven't been exercising that much and, you know, you are desperate to get back into it all, don't just pick up where you left off straight away. So if you haven't been running very much, um don't just go back into running a 10k or something like that so just sort of build up sort of right gradually because I imagine that will be the probably the temptation to uh, make up for lost time almost um Mm. but yeah I think um really um my advice will be just to check out the workshops and just um you know they're they're there obviously to help people and to um give them advice etc so um, yeah, I would just my advice would be just to utilize that as much as possible. I will definitely be checking that out. Thank you so much. Will uh, Goodborn, thank you for being here today and talking to no us problem. about your story and about the great work that you're doing to support and help others out there uh, with their sports injuries. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you.